0: Hey, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. Wayne's
1: World, Wayne's World. Well, he gave us all sorts of valuable, insightful, entertaining, and educational advice in 2018. We expect very big things from him in 2019. We've got him back, Wayne Goldsmith, WGCoaching.com. How are you, my friend? Happy New Year. Yeah,
0: tiny happy new year to you as well, mate. I've just got back from an eight day PO cruise, which is a little bit like a football club on a whole, but. Um, Yeah, it's had a wonderful time and ready and rearing to go.
1: Good stuff. I've been told to ask you about your pool. What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, well, we've had a bit of a dry patch,
0: as we do in Australia from time to time. It's a bit of a heat wave. It's been over 40 degrees for three consecutive days, and some people might think that that's a bit of a joy, but it gets very dry, and the animals suffer, and it tends to get a little bit oppressive, so I thought I'd do the right thing for the family last night and try to top the pool up. And put the hose in, of course, with all good intentions to come back half an hour later and turn it off. And then I find out 11 hours later it's still running, much to the eye of my, well, I'd have to say current wife at the moment. Maybe uh, I'm going to be strangled by the hose sometime today, but... uh, yeah, these things happen, and uh, at least we've got plenty of water there probably to swim for the next 10 years.
1: <laughs> nice work. All right, we're going to uh, kick off 2019 with uh, something which we spoke about uh, at various stages last year but stays relevant today, and and perhaps uh, there are listeners who are going to find themselves in situations in the year ahead where the advice you're about to give will be very key for them. It's the five key lessons for parents in 2019 when it comes to sport, and the uh, five key lessons that you've uh, sent through here are all around words that begin with the letter E. So let's start with number one, which is enjoyment. Uh, it seems to go without saying, but sport's got to be fun, doesn't it? It has to be. It's it's
0: like anything. I mean, uh, The phenomenon of social media and Netflix and uh, games like Sport Night and all the other enjoyable offerings that kids have got opportunities to access then we say to them, all right, we've got another option for you. house rowing? You're going to have to get out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning, six mornings a week. You're going to have to come back in the afternoon and do weights. You'll have to do two-day regattas where you're out in the sun under a tiny little shade, everybody scrambling for a tiny little bit of shade somewhere in a regatta somewhere, and your muscles are going to hurt. It's going to be tough. You may not like it, but it's going to teach you some lessons about life. And those days are gone. they have really got to find ways of inspiring kids and say, look, just find something that you like. And that could be, yeah, it could be table tennis, it could be lawn bowls, it could be football, it could be rock climbing, it doesn't matter. I mean, they've got skateboarding at the Olympics next year. It could be anything. We know that if they fall in love with the sport and they fall in love with being physically active and enjoying what they do, they'll keep doing it. And so when they've got all these other distractions, their brain keeps saying, They're all good. I fit those into my life, but I just love my footy. I love my gym work. I love my rock climbing. I love my surfing. I love my mountain biking. If they love it, they'll keep doing it, and that's what we're trying to achieve.
1: Okay, so enjoyment is key. The second uh, E word is encourage or encouragement. Once you have uh, got your children, you know, sussing out various different sports, becoming involved in an in organised sport and participating in it, uh, I guess, yeah, the word speaks for itself encouraging them and and um, and praising them and, and congratulating them and things like that.
0: Well, it, it, to me, pining for a lot of people, I'll often get asked to help kids with confidence. And I'll say confidence comes from knowing and knowing comes from doing. If you know that you can do something. If you've learned something new, you start to build confidence. And we see that in little kids. You know, you say to a little kid who's five years of age, why don't you have to try and put your towel in the in the hamper, or Why don't you try and butter your own bread? And the look on their face when they learn something new, the smile on their face and the confidence. You can see their body change. Wow, I can do that now. Wow. And we know that confidence comes from knowing and knowing comes from doing and what I say to parents is look the obvious thing is the kid scores a goal or they, they win a game or uh, they get a medal or whatever it is forget winning and losing try try hard this year to forget winning and losing the kid comes home and says hey dad I was trying this new drill at soccer this morning where you kick the ball with the outside of your foot give him a hug praise learning and encourage learning encourage them to try new things and to grow in the scope of knowledge that they've got that's what really matters if, if they persist and they love it and they stay in it and they keep learning well they're probably going to get the results but I'm trying to get parents to shift their mindset from praising winning and praising success and the obvious things like goals and medals and best times and awards to praising learning and praising kids that are trying new skills, developing new skills, trying new... And, and parents, if they, they try a new turn in swimming, and they get it wrong, praise them for trying. If they're trying a new backhand in tennis, give them a hug afterwards and buy them an ice cream because they tried a new skill and they're developing and they're learning something. That's what we've got to focus on. I love it.
1: I love it. I love the next one too. It's one that I've... Uh... I take great interest in, and that's experience and the ability and opportunity to experience a wide range of different sports rather than specialising in one at too early an age. Is, is this something you're still seeing, that, that kids are, are niching themselves or are probably not making the decision themselves, but being niched into just one sport too early on?
0: Yeah, it's one of the great battlegrounds in sport around the world at the moment, Piney, and, and as I've said many times, and the data is still there. That the number of kids involved in competitive sport is declining, and we still see this around the world. I've got a couple of tours later in the year in the UK and the USA, and and I've asked for some data from there in the last few weeks, and I'm seeing consistent patterns all over the world that that those issues are still around. And when you start digging into it, and you try to find out well why are these things happening, some of it's coaching, some of it's officiating, but a lot of it is we just tried to push them into too narrow a field at way too an age. and but It's interesting point is that what the sports are doing, and, and a lot of the major sports here particularly, and I suspect in New Zealand as well, in response to the falling numbers of kids, at, at, at certainly in early to mid-teens, what they're starting to do is say, well, maybe we can get them on that pathway, which I hated, you know. They're getting them on the pathway at younger and younger ages. They're becoming more possessive of them and trying to retain them and specialise them earlier because their thinking is, oh my God, we're losing so many kids. We've got to find new ways and new ideas of getting them and keeping them in our sport at a younger age so we don't lose them, which is going to bite us on the backside. It's going to be counterproductive. If you're a parent, if the kids are playing football, please give them an off-season. Please give them another option. If they're a swimmer, let them do mountain climbing in the off-season. If they're a a rower, please let them have a break and do some rock climbing, some martial arts, some dance, or football. Let them have an alternate season until they're well into their mid-teens, and then specialization becomes just a fact of life as they want to get better and better and better. But no early specialization.
1: Yeah, look, I I totally agree with you, but I hear the argument all the time. I hear it a lot that that, and and I'm pretty sure that that. The organisations that uh, trot these lines out are basically selling dreams to parents, telling them that if they do want their child, their child who is showing a bit of promise in whatever sport it might be, to really go to the top, that early specialisation is is imperative. Is there any statistical data that proves that early specialisation leads to success in adulthood?
0: Yeah, there's not really a point in it. There's always the outliers that someone will say, uh, and look, this has come not only from sport but from the arts, they'll say, this person is a concert pianist at 18 and at 6 they were writing sonatas and at 8 they were doing 10 hours practice a day. So that means everybody needs to specialise early if they want to be a great concert pianist. So what tends to be ra- more than raw data, there is, as you say, in Absolutely accurate. There's people who will, with vested interest, will sell their dreams. I've got four kids, as you know, and if someone said, what would you want for them? I would want them to be healthy, to be happy, to be successful, to do something they love doing, to be surrounded by people who care about them and who they care about. That's what I want. Now, if someone got in my ear and said, Wayne, I guarantee that could happen. And if you signed up with us and you commit to this path at eight, your kids will have everything they ever what parent wouldn't want that now if I'm I'm in a soccer club and someone from football comes down and says we've got this program and you know those dreams you've got for your child and the money that they can earn and you've seen EPL and you've seen Barcelona and you'd love that for your child well we've got this new program where we know that this is the, what parent isn't vulnerable to that type of dreaming for their children the message to the sports, you gotta stop, I know You're trying to survive. I know you're under direction from your boards and executive to retain numbers and grow the sport, but it's got to stop because we know the data has been around for a long, long time, that that early specialisation thinking, whilst it might be brilliant for a selected few superstars, for the bulk of people, it turns them against not just the sport, but it turns them against sport and physical activity. It is counterproductive to the bigger picture issues and sports have got to stop thinking like that.
1: Wayne Goldsmith with us for the first time in 2019. WGCoaching.com is his website. The five key key lessons for parents in 2019. Enjoyment, encouragement, experience or giving the kids as much experience of different sports. Number four, empathy. What, you mean we have to listen to our children, Wayne?
0: Well, only with one ear. A bit like they do, I say that our kids have (laughs) got, um, they got teenager pattern deafness, you know, that if you if you mention cleaning up if you mention washing up if you mention cleaning up their rooms all of a sudden they've developed some hearing impediment tiny <laughs> if you say who'd like pizza well they've got better hearing than a husky dog it's just unbelievable that the way they, but we've got to try and turn that around that that what i find and I, and i'm like you guys i'm mad busy i'm always racing around the one thing that i've promised myself to do better this year is to find time and listen to the kids because they change so quickly. And I'm even finding now that that what I believe my perception of was, well, why do you play football at 10? Now the kids are 12 and 16 that you're thinking, well, they don't do it for the same reasons now. Their goals have changed. Their priorities have changed. They want different things. It fits into their life and they study differently to the way it did. And his stupid old dad, who hasn't probably listened to them enough since they were 7, 8, 9, 10, still thinks they're doing it for the reasons that existed then. And parents have got to continually touch base. And if a kid says, look, I just don't want to play football anymore, instead of saying, all right, that's no good, or taking the opposite approach and say, you'll play football because I've paid the fees, sit down and ask them why and listen to them and give them a chance to talk and express why they feel the way they do. And just touch base once a week, parents, on the way home from football, on the way home from cricket, on way home from swimming practice, whatever it might be, just two to three minutes of asking a question and sitting quietly and listening to their answer. That's all it takes, but just continually touching base with your kids and listening to their answers.
1: Good stuff. And finally, everyone, get everybody involved in uh, in healthy, enjoyable regular physical activity. It just seems so obvious, Wayne.
0: Well, it, it does, Pony, when you think about it. That there, was a, there was a bit of work that came out from the Australian Sports Commission, which is now Sport Australia, I mentioned last year, that we tended to gloss over, but it was, it was a kid's relationship with sport relative to their, their parental involvement. And the, the basic question was, does a, a child's attitude towards sport and physical activity, does it change? depending on what their parents do. So if their parents are crazy man triathlete mammals, middle-aged men and lycra, if if they're, they're crazy triathletes, does that mean the kid will get up and be a crazy triathlete? If mum and dad play tennis two or three times a week, does that mean the kid will want to play? It showed that as long as the parent has some connection to the sport, that that's enough to encourage and keep kids wanting to stay connected to that environment. And the report was, was very broad, but it said, that even if you're the person who goes down there and helps pick up papers after an event behind the grandstand, if you're the person who cooks the barbecue and you're the person who sells raffle tickets, if you're the volunteer ref for the under-7s while you, you have a son or daughters in the under-17s, as long as you remain connected to or around, associated with their sporting environment, it's more likely that the kids themselves will stay connected. So, parents, in finding... Even if it's 15 minutes a day, go down to the local club where your kids are doing swimming or hockey or cycling, whatever they're doing, and say, look, I can't give you a lot of time. I can't apply for a formal position, which I think scares a lot of parents off. And say, look, I've got 15 minutes on a Friday. What can I do? Can you come down and refill the sauce bottles for the barbecue? Can you take some raffle tickets to work? And so just ask local clubs where your kids are associated, is there something I can do to contribute because I want to make this a better experience for my child?
1: What a great way to start the year, Wayne. Thanks so much for uh, for agreeing to join us again in 2019. Enjoy uh, your day and your week, and we look forward to uh, to catching up again with you next Wednesday.
0: Yes, mate. I'm looking forward to it very much. I'm hoping that two or three impossible things might happen this year. We might get some rain, and the Wallabies might score a try at some stage. So let's hope. Of those two things, I think the rain is far more likely. I think you're
1: probably right, mate. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.